Charlie, and welcome to the podcast that's about to take your faith on a delightful and slightly unpredictable journey. That's right. It's time to dive into the world of messy antics. Now, if you've ever found yourself caught between the matzo cracker and the communion wafer, you're in for an absolute treat. We're here to chat about all things messianic and Torah, and let me tell you, it's a roller coaster of divine proportions. Think of us as your trusty guide in this biblical amusement park. We're going to explore the highs and the lows, the holobread wins, and the wandering in the wilderness fails. Get ready for candid conversations, guest appearance by prophets, well, maybe just their descendants, and discussions about what it's really like to walk out this whole word of Adonai. So whether you're a seasoned sukkah assembler or you're just wondering about what on earth is a mezuzah, join us for some laughter and maybe learning a little bit about this holy chaos. After all, life is messy and faith is full of antics. Well, I had the privilege, privilege, privilege of getting to meet this next guest in person in Ohio. There's your first hint, unless you're watching on YouTube, then you see her beautiful face. I was able to meet her in Ohio at her congregation. They were regathering after COVID, regathering their women's group. It was so beautiful. It was such, such a treat, such a treat to do extra, extracurricular time with her and the ladies as well. I am talking about none other than Robin Luton. And I want to tell you a little bit about her before I be quiet and you get to just listen to her today. Robin was walking her Torah journey about for about 30 years. She has learned that the word is an ocean. Questions are essential. Comfort zones are unsafe. And people are flawed and divine. She loves to learn and is finally discovering who she wants to be when she grows up. I'm going to keep going because I actually had more. Robin's the wife and author and teacher with Grant Luton and the mother of three grown children and grandmother of two so far. Robin served alongside Grant for more than 25 years, leading a messianic congregation. You probably know them as Beth Takun. She is now a weekly contributor to a podcast, Parsing the Portion, that airs on Tour Today Ministries, where she and her husband discuss the weekly tour portion. Robin is the author of the book, Valor, A Messianic Journey Through Proverbs 31. She has spent years seeking a greater understanding of the word and the beauty of biblical life building. She's an avid reader, enjoys hiking, drawing, cooking, and spending time with amazing friends who indulge her need to talk about all the stuff that matters. And I got to do that with my friend before we hit the record button. Robin, thank you so much for being here with us on Messy Antics. Thank you, Charlie. It's a pleasure. That's so fun hearing all those things. You're like, oh, that's me. I <laughs> I was going to, I was looking to grab and pull your book. Oh, I, I pulled it out. I knew because I had to grab it off from my bed. So while you're talking, I will run so I can hold okay. it up. But the information to get the book will also be in all the show notes, whether you're listening on a podcast or on YouTube. But Robin, I want to start this this podcast out by asking you the question we all answer is, how did you even start this crazy journey? Boy, Charlie, I think it's probably not that unlike so many others. I grew up um, in a pretty evangelical environment, and I always wanted to know who God is. I just was that kid who was always asking questions and it mattered to me things things were always um interesting for me to explore and um 
I used to get teased because I was always too serious. Um, but that's just how God made me. And so once I reached adulthood and um, found my life partner, Grant, we started um, just attending church. And honestly, I I just became pretty disenchanted. And because another thing that defines the way Hashem wired my soul for whatever reason is um, I'm really honest. And I got an honest enough to get to the place where things were just not making sense to me anymore, Charlie. And I started to see such blatant contradictions that a fear rose up in me that there was no such thing as truth. And that was the thing that just kept barraging my mind. And I became terrified that I was going to have to live in a world where there was no such thing as truth. And it just got darker and smaller. And I had like spiritual claustrophobia to the point where I finally went to Grant and I said, I'm done. I'm done. And I don't know what this is going to mean for you and I, because I love you. But if you can't live with someone who's just not sure about this whole God thing anymore, I get it. So he, <laughs> he's so gracious. Grant is so gracious. And my, my beloved uh, heavenly husband is so gracious. It's like, they both were like, she'll, she'll get there. And so, um, a, a convention, like a conference came up on our radar. And by now I was done with religion done, done, done. And wasn't sure where I was going to go from there, but, um, Grant wanted me to accompany him on this conference, and it was an introduction to a Torah journey, and I didn't want to go because I said, I can't meet any more religious weird people, and he says, just come with me as I'm asking you to do this as a big favor because you love me enough to come, and I said, I'll go, but I'm not going to unpack my toothbrush. I said, my suitcase is going to stay packed by the door. <laughs> because the first weird thing I see or hear, I'm out of there, Grant. I just can't play anymore. And he said, okay. And so we arrived and I put my suitcase by the door and I did not unpack a thing. And I began to listen and watch. And Charlie, all I can say is that at that point, Ad and I chose to speak through this Jewish believer, this beautiful woman. And what she did during one of the sessions early on is just open the word and explain how there are no contradictions, but it's a love story from Genesis one to the end of revelation. It's one continuous story. And it isn't that God suddenly had to shut himself down so that he could become nice and send Jesus to start a new religion and protect us from a mean God, because right. those were the thoughts that weren't making sense to me anymore. Right. And all of a sudden I started crying so hard from the sheer relief of realizing there is such thing as truth and it's all right here. And I could breathe again. I could breathe again. And I was, I tried to be, um, inconspicuous but I was kind of hemmed in on both sides and I had to use the tablecloth as a hanky because my I was just dripping with relief and joy and the speaker herself at one point came over and she said honey are you okay and I said 
Deborah, I'm finally okay for the first time in my life because now I know that there is such thing as truth and I can go forward. So um, I went upstairs and I unpacked my suitcase and brushed my teeth <laughs> and Grant, I got on our knees and said, Father, this is the only way this journey makes sense for us from now on. And all we ask is that you send us just maybe one more family to walk along with us because, you know, this, this journey kind of requires a little more community than I feel like I have at this moment. And I never imagined, we always underestimate him, but he sent us people <laughs> from all over the world. Charlie, including yourself, people that we are connected with on a soul level that I never imagined possible. So that's the short version of a pretty long story. Oh, you know what? I think I'm never surprised, whereas I used to be surprised. I'm never uh -huh. surprised that the journey didn't start with um, someone banging you over the head with the Parsha of the week the truth you needed to know, what you needed to eat, what you couldn't, where you couldn't go, what you couldn't celebrate. No one did that for you. It started with you getting to the end of the rope and saying, if it's not you, I don't want it. And right. I love the word you said, spiritual claustrophobia. Yeah. Yeah. I, I finally realized the word was either all true or none of it was true. And right. that meant that God either was who he claimed to be, or he wasn't in existence at all and nothing mattered. Right. And suddenly there was the possibility that life didn't mean anything. And Charlie, I think that's where so many people are now. Right. And they are. And, and it's not, like you said, it's not big, bad, mean God, father, God, who needed to send a nice uncle Jesus to come save us so that we wouldn't be, you know, to protect us from the wrath of God. Now seeing his amazing love for me in Genesis one, one, I mean, in yeah. every to all the way to the end of revelations, like, and like you said, and I want to ask this question, have you felt, because this is my experience, have you felt that what used to be a contradiction is no longer a contradiction? Absolutely. And the dots began to connect. And I kept saying that out loud. I kept saying, oh my goodness, the dots are connecting. I saw all the things that seemed like they were disconnect. And since then, since I've become older and hopefully wiser, um, the dots are not only connecting, but he's correcting them. Like not only has he connected them, but he has corrected the ones that he connected for me. And I can look back and reinterpret every event that he has allowed me to experience in light of how I'm recognizing who he is and I'm relaxing and the fear that once in a while starts to try to sneak back in because that kind of typified my, my personality. I was a pretty fearful person until I started to realize who, who he is and, and how good he is. And, and the other thing that I have to mention, that's probably really important. Not only am I a, um, painfully honest person, but I'm not a religious person. I've just recognized about myself for years that I'm not one of those people who just have a religious soul and crave a religious identity. I've never been that way. And I try to be patient with people who are, but I don't understand them because I'm not that way. I don't do something for the sake of doing it. I need to know that it matters. I need to know that it's real. And when I came to the Torah, 
I started to realize the things that he gave mankind weren't to start a religion. It was so that we could be the best humans possible. And this is the way to be a better human and to be, bring repair to this broken world. And I said, okay, that I can sign on for. And none of that was about salvation per se. Like we, you, you know, that's a whole nother podcast about that whole word, but, but right. it, none of this was about salvation. It was no. about that whole concept of how am I going to live a blessed life, an abundant <laughs> life? Yeah. And, and it was such Purposeful. a relief. I grew up being told that it was my job to make sure everybody got saved that whole, that's that S word, you know, and there was a line in the sand. And unless I yanked and pulled people over that line, if they went to hell, it was my fault. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. It's the weight of the world or at least your neighborhood. So embarrassing to think about. Yeah. I have no power. I have no power. They should want, they just want to know him because they've seen him in me. Right. Right. I don't even think there's a line anymore. I mean, when we get to the world to come, I would believe with all my heart, I'm going to look around and realize, wow, these are the folks. These are the folks. I'm going to laugh at myself. I'm going to be kingdom, like, I right? no clue. I had no clue. I'm yeah. going to do a, a shameless commercial break. We were blessed that you came in um, to the Rooted Cafe and you did a a, a session with us called the character and prayer. And I want to thank you again for that. It was beautiful, a beautiful session on prayer. And for those of you who are uh, ladies, if you're not sure what that is, you can go to the rootedcafe.com and go stalk us. It's uh, if you, it's October, 2023, right now, we're doing the first month free till the end of the month. You can get in there free and you can check it out and listen to, to Robin's. And also I'm going to sneak her book. I did grab it. This is one of my nightstand night. It made the nightstand. So it's the one that it, it's the one that you can open it and you can read it at any moment and just pull. And, and constantly I'm like, I don't remember reading that last time and, and grab it. <clears throat> when you were talking about making those connections, I like to call them hyperlinks that all of a sudden I have these hyperlinks. I'm like, Oh, that's what that meant. And then, so what happens is it gives me solace to know that the things that might seem a little confusing, confusion, confusing, I can actually ask the questions why, which you said in part of your bio, it's okay to ask questions, right? Oh, yeah. It's encouraged. And if you don't understand it, it's not because it doesn't make sense. It's more likely that we just don't understand it yet. And we have an eternity to figure it out. And yeah. he is delighted to, to reveal to us. That's his pleasure, you know? Right. right? Isn't that yeah. great? So, so in this journey, it gets a little messy. So mm -hmm. we uh, like to hear some uh, maybe funny stories or maybe not so funny stories about where did it get messy for you? Or maybe where you, in some cases, you and I talked ahead of time that some people feel they have to be in the closet because maybe not everyone in their family is walking the same thing out. So they feel like they're living one life, but then the other life is in the closet. I know that if you're not, if you're new to this, that might seem sound crazy to you. The rest of you are like, oh my goodness, that's me. But, uh, what are some moments that, that got a little messy for you? Well, Charlie, I wasn't a closet type girl. I was so honest and excited that I assumed everybody would be as excited as I was. <laughs> and so the other thing that I was naive about was the fact that, um, well, let me put it this way. 
when I looked back over my shoulder and I saw a long trail of groups that I had tried to fit into that bickered over things that didn't matter and thought that they were right and others were wrong. And there was a lot of division and backbiting. I thought I left that world behind for good. And now that I'm in Torah and I'm part of this beautiful worldwide movement, everybody's going to think the same and look at things the same. And there's going to be this beautiful unity and well, I guess this would be a good time for a laugh track in the background, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, people are involved. So, and insert people, right? Insert people. And I've had to learn along the way that, um, you know, I read a book years ago that talked about how it's really important in parenting not to ask your children the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? It, a better question is, who do you want to be? when you grow up. And so I kept looking around for a while after this transition into looking at the word differently, understanding God's intent for me differently. And I kept saying, well, what am I now? <laughs> you know, what, what am I and what group am I part of? And what uh -huh. do I call myself and what's my identity? And I was in a bit of an identity crisis for a while. And that's not the right question. Who am I? Mm. Who am I? And I've had to come back to that over the years, over and over again, Charlie, because we get distracted and we start to want to put on like a costume right. and I can't wear a religious costume metaphorically or literally both turn me off. And so I have to return to that question in all authentic honesty. Who am I? And the answer to that question invariably goes back to who is he? Yeah. Who is he? And when I see who he is and I see what he has said is true about why he made me, I can relax. And then I have more grace to other people because it isn't about anything besides trying to be an extension of him to them. So now I try to soldier on and think who's around me? What is happening? How do I extend his heart to them and to the world around me. And if I concentrate on that, I don't get distracted and discouraged about needing to put on a costume and identify myself in a religious sort of way. Right. I I think that that is beautiful. Do you have a short answer? Because I feel like it's one of those, when someone asks me this question, it's a long answer and it's more than a text message or a quick conversation. It's a sit down, let's have coffee. But when someone comes and asks you, like, what are you? What It's hard not to try to grab for a label. And we joke around with this podcast titled Messy Antics, but it's, what's a title that do you have? A, do they, do you have a title you grab to, or do you have a elevator pitch you give? It depends on who's asking. Good. Mm -hmm. If a Jewish person asks me that question, I'll say that I am a daughter of Israel, like Ruth, like Ruth is. And if a Christian is asking me that question, I'll genuinely, um, generally answer with something like, I am a child of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they either get it or they get scared and run. People get scared and run, Robin. They do. Sometimes they we do. lose when when we're in, when we are doing something that possibly they have no understanding for and especially if we're in the early stages and a little zealous we may lose a few people right there may might be we just pray that the father brings us the redemption to that 
Well, Grant, one of his favorite metaphors throughout the 25 or so years he led a community of, of believers, he used the sheep metaphor a lot. And he would say over and over, sheep spook easily. Mm. We just spook easily. And we're all in different places. But if we're moving the same direction, following the same shepherd, we need to be patient with one another. And sometimes I've found that people that I assumed were friendly sheep bit me, you know, and, um, you know, it's okay not to keep going back and getting bit over and over by a sheep that might not be real healthy at the moment or, or have some pain and they bite when you try to get close. Um, so yeah, I've learned some really painful lessons through the years, but you have to not shut down and run away. You know, you said that Robin and I, I instantly came to the, this visual, this screenshot that just popped up for me. I call my little view master moment. And I saw that there are times when that one sheep, you know, leaves the 99 and we know that our master goes after the one sheep, the great shepherd will go after that, leave the 99 to go after that one. You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say with it. We're all to go with him. I know he'll take care we of We don't have to jump off a cliff. No, like you we were don't. saying before, it's not our job to save the, the one. It's his job to save the one. It's our job to stay with the pack, to stay where it's safe, to stay where he'd keep doing what he to, told us the to direction do. he yes. tells me to go. Right. You mentioned uh, something, I think, before when we were talking, before we hit the record button, but um, it's a terminology. I'm like, what's your next best step or next best act of integrity? What's your next best step that you're aligning with his plan, right? And it isn't to unless he tells you to, to run after him, run after that sheep that's jumped off. And even if it's your child, ugh. right. right. Ugh. And to trust them to him takes so much trust. It, it sure does. It takes divine trust, but it wasn't until I did that, Charlie, that he rescued the child that I longed to have closer. Because as long as I was getting in his way saying, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. He was like, when you're done, I'll I'll bring that heart back mm -hmm. to myself. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that one keeps running farther away because we're chasing after I'm trying to control yeah. Wait, wait, let me, if I put, you know, oil up the walls and pray the right way right. and leave the right scripture verses open for them and send them songs from YouTube. I'm sure it's going to, it's, it's a mother's heart. It's, it's our it's heart. A bitter, it's a bittersweet thing. It sure is. It's part of our kids. love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any other funny story? Do you have any funny stories that had happened in this process for you? Well, you know, I went in with a very, um, with good intentions, but because we're adopted kids into this family of Israel, I didn't know all the family rules. And I think that he gives us a very gentle learning curve, which we need to extend to one another as well. So the first like major Passover that I held, I had such good intentions and I rolled all of my chicken breasts in like breadcrumbs so that they would be nice and tasty. And I flavored them up all. And there was a Jewish lady there and she said, Oh, this is delicious. How did you how did you get it so crispy without using bread? <laughs> and I don't even realize what I said in response. I hope I didn't lie, but I might've been vague because I was so horrified and laughed at myself because you know why I could laugh at myself because I knew that the father was still pleased with my effort. Yes. I knew that he was so pleased with my effort. It didn't yes. matter yes. in the whole scheme of things. Yes. So, you know, I, I learned. And then I remember our first Hanukkah party that we threw for this little 
you know, we used to call ourselves the island of misfit toys, this group of people who felt like suddenly we kind of didn't belong anywhere, but with one another. And so we were kind of clinging to each other, trying to figure out how to do this. And, and um, I wanted to make sure that my Christmas tree was properly decorated in time for the Hanukkah party. You know, and so my house had to be perfectly decorated for Christmas so that we could have a Hanukkah party and we could honor this. And looking back, I smile once again, thinking he he was smiling at my efforts. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, Robin, I'm I'm literally tearing up because I'm remembering <laughs> my daughter as a little girl, not no, not knowing dates and understanding her the calendar and time. You know, we would say two wake ups before you go somewhere, and you know she may come and bring this princess toast, you know, toast that's burnt and has like frosting and grapes and who even knows what's on top of this toast for me for breakfast for my birthday. Yes. That wasn't even the right day. It wasn't the right day and it was not even edible, but But it was my heart just burst that she was so excited to bring it that I just choked it down. And, and you know what happened as she got older, she started to realize what I liked and started to try to make me the things that she knew that I liked. It got better every year. You know, now she just takes me to a really great restaurant to brunch, you know, but she also got to know when the date was, she got to know what I don't like. And it was a process and it, and not, you know what? I almost missed, I I almost missed the days of the princess toast because now she does. I mean, now I know she does it to honor me and everything. It was sweet, sweet little, it was so sweet and simple. And that sweet little girl. So if you're out there right now, can I just share that? That's the heart of your father. He's so excited that you're this excited. So please don't be easy on you and be easy on those around you. Absolutely. I remember some of our early Sabbaths that we spent as a community, we would go shopping after our study and prayer because we thought here we are, this is a day off to enjoy together. And that was our version. And, you know, fortunately we kind of, we outgrew that pretty quickly, but he gives us time to grow up. And now it is time to be a grown up, but to realize that we are part of a community and people are are on their own journey. And so I want to be a woman of dignity and strength, Charlie. And I don't want anyone to feel discouraged by my life. I want them to be inspired and encouraged. So um, that requires love and that requires patience. And that requires me doing my best. You know, I read recently the best parenting advice I've ever heard Naturally, I didn't read it when my kids were young. <laughs> I learned about parenting. I seem to have learned when it was too late, right? But it said, if you want to be a great parent, be the kind of person that your kids will want to be when they grow up. Right? Right? Wait, that's what he does for us. Right. That's why he came and tabernacled among us. Right? Right? And it was just such an aha moment for me. So, um, you know, there are those around me in my, in my today world that love a quiet Sabbath at home with a few families. There are people around me who prefer a big group in a building and all the bells and whistles that they've been accustomed to. Um, and you know how I feel about all of it? This is how I feel about all of it, Charlie. The Lord has offered us his very favorite, best, most important gift is called the Sabbath. 
he wants it to be like a divine encounter for us and him, like a wedding. Mm. And if you've ever watched a bride and groom spend the months preceding their big day arguing over the color of the flowers and whether they're going to have chicken or beef by the time the day comes they don't even notice each other they don't even like each other anymore they're all caught up in unimportant details and i think that's what's happening among god's people when we disagree about how this divine encounter with him should be we're missing the divine encounter That is the most beautiful, beautiful explanation because, uh, you know, we've tried it all the ways, I think my husband and I, and we finally kind of settled into, and we, we start to feel sad. Like we've missed, I heard a pastor say, you're wanting a covenant relationship with the father and you're treating him like he's the girlfriend or the boyfriend. You're just not wanting to do those things that build a nice a covenant, strong relationship. I just want to say, before we go into the speed round with you is that you inspire you inspire me to be better. And I thank oh, you for that. And you and, me, my friend. I mean, you truly inspire my life. And so I thank you for that. And I pray that everyone listening, that there's words you've heard today from Robin. And again, going in, especially if you're reading her book, Valor, that your life is inspired by her and watching her podcast, watching their teachings every week. Um, she is the real deal. So thank you for that. But I want you to get to know her a little bit better by some really not so intense things. Okay. Robin. Ready yes. for question number one? Absolutely. Something totally useless that you still have memorized. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, this, oh, that one throws me because my memory is so lousy. Probably, <laughs> probably silly jingles that were like the music to the stupid shows we watched when we were kids. Right, right. No. Yeah. Like I can hum the opening to Petticoat Junction for you right off the bat. Right. I can do, <laughs> I can do like hee-haw. It's really scary. Right, or Lawrence right. Welk, good night, sleep. Time. There. Yeah, there yeah. all the, that's useless. Yeah. So if you could see a, a movie for the first time again, what movie would it be? Maybe Pride and Prejudice. Oh, yes. That's a good one. Yes. Okay. On a scale of one to five, how adventurous are you? Five being really adventurous. Four. Okay. Elevator or stairs? Um, stairs. Do you follow directions or do you improvise? I'm an improviser. Do you go big or go low key for your birthday? Low key, like under the radar. Right. Okay. M&Ms by the handful or one by one? Mm, one by one, but I'll eat as many as if the handful. So gotcha. it doesn't feel like as much. So after my uh, interview I did with another guest, we won't say his name, Matt Napier, um, <laughs> that um, do you do it by color? Does it matter? It doesn't matter as long as there's chocolate in there. Okay, got it. So what is something that you really want to like, but you just don't like it? Parties. Parties. Okay. How old were you when you got your license? 16. And what is your favorite vacation spot? Mm. You know, if I want to relax, we love it out West here in Sedona. Um, it's quiet and beautiful and bright. Yeah, it's my favorite. I'm going to send you my husband. I got married there on Bell Rock. We it's, it's our just, favorite place. It's just lovely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Final question. What, it, where is your favorite place in Israel to go? 
the Western Wall. Mm-hmm. And my you, heart Harper. is there. My is heart it, is I'm there. sure. Most of you, if you're listening to this uh, during current times, we're all, we're all, our hearts are broken with, with what's happening. We're all praying for the peace of Israel. And uh, Robin and I, we had a very good conversation about this prior to, is we want to challenge all of you that, that you in this moment, in there's grief, that you be like our master, right, Robin? And, and not just occupy, but engage and be joyful and choose life. Yes. Every moment. It's all we have. Yeah. Every moment. Thank you again for being such an inspiration. Thank you. It was a delight. Hey, we'll come back with new questions. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Shalom. Shalom. And that's a wrap on another Messy Antics adventure. My fellow spiritual adventurers from splitting red seas of laughter to stumbling upon mana mishaps. We've truly experienced the full spectrum of Messianic marvels and Torah tales. Remember, folks, as we navigate the sometimes bewildering but always beautiful path of faith, it's okay to have a few loose ends along the way. Embracing the messiness of life is what makes our journey genuine and our connection with Adonai so meaningful. Before we go, let's take a moment to thank our incredible guest who shared their story, insights, and aha moments with us. And of course, a big thank you to you, our amazing listeners. Without you, we'd just be folks sitting in here with a microphone, and that's just not as fun. We'll catch up with you next time on Messy Antics, where the Torah is our compass and laughter is our guiding star. Stay joyful, stay curious, and may your days be filled with blessings that are as abundant as manna in the wilderness. And help us out by liking, subscribing, and leaving us that five-star review.